We're feeling totes emotion about being back for this episode. I want to know if you are a okay for another stimulating discussion. I'm Amit Power. Whether you're listening to this in a hot tub or in a cozy fort made of blankets, we hope this episode makes you feel sparkly. I'm Jeff Gadsden, and this is Block It Like It's Hot. Hey, Jeff, how are you, man? Hey, Amit. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Well, you know, to be honest, Jeff, I'm feeling totes emosh. Are you familiar with that phrase? Uh, no. No, I, I think I can figure it out, though. T- totally emotional, right? Why? Why so, buddy? Come on, man. I missed you. The last time we met was at REK23, and that was back in uh, May, May the 4th, the Star Wars theme. That was put on by Alan McFarlane and REK in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and we haven't recorded a podcast since then. I miss you, man. It was, you know, it was so good to be able to hang out with you in person um, for a decent amount of time since the first time we started our podcast. And now I'm a bit sad that that's all over. Yeah, I know, man. I hear you. It was it was so good to see you. It, it, was, it was weird, though, right? Because I felt like we had been meeting regularly for our podcast but uh we actually hadn't seen each other since like a year before in june that's right yeah it's it's really i think it's really neat the beauty of this technology is that now we're like we're in the same room and catching up again and it feels like we could be in a pub or in a bar and in fact i'm gonna pour myself a drink well, listen i'm gonna join you let me see if i can get my uh, myself a drink right here <laughs> um uh, obviously it's a coffee because of the time that we're recording this speak for yourself um, <laughs> so what have you been up to well, listen, um, I'd like to say not much has changed, Jeff, but unfortunately, a lot has changed. Ooh, that sounds ominous. It, it, it is ominous. First up, guess what? I've lost my recording studio. Well, I, I can tell that you're not in the same space. It's a bit of a different background here. Yeah, so so my youngest daughter, Sienna, had a very helpful cabin bed, and the first... Um, Eight of our podcasts were all recorded with me underneath the bed with a duvet on top to get beautiful soundproofing. Um, but now Sienna's not a you know, not a young girl anymore. She's she's growing into a young woman. She wanted a space. She didn't want a cabin bed, so she's got a regular bed. And I've lost my recording studio. So so when you say when you say cabin bed, is that bunk bed? Is that what we call a bunk bed? So so a bunk bed by definition's got two beds, right? So a cabin bed has got a bed up on high and then underneath it she had a desk the desk yes yes which was perfect so i could kind of hide under the bed it was it was like i was on a camping trip when i was you know, drifting away into our you know recording uh <laughs> zen <laughs> mode i was just gonna say listeners at home it's, it's a pity you can't you you can't see this uh or couldn't have seen this in all of the recordings that we had done like me i'm looking at um it on while we're facetiming doing this and it's like he's making a little fort as a child with blankets and pillows and that sort of thing. It was very cute. You know, Jeff, that's exactly what it felt like. So every time I did it, you know, so the kids would be like, and my older daughter was saying, it was like, are you going for your alone time with Jeff now? And I like, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, going camping. That's, that's where we name the podcast, Alone Time with Jeff and I. <laughs> Well, now the disadvantage with me now being in this new location um, is that I'm a little bit more exposed. So listeners, forgive me if you hear some drilling because my next door neighbours decided to do some building work. Um, you may hear the doorbell for um, for deliveries uh, and also you may hear the window clean in the background. So I'm hoping that there's not going to be too much disruption, but it may be a slightly different audio experience. <laughs> well, it sounds good so far. 
Well, listen, you know, I'll tell you what else has happened. So you may or may not remember we've had some great engagement from you know, from folks via Twitter or X, as it is now, from all over the world. I can't get used to that. That's just weird. Well, I, you know what I've done on my iPhone? There was a, Somebody gave a very um, helpful tip to change the icon or to create a shortcut for um, X and change the icon back to Twitter. So I've done that because I just can't deal with that. You that like the bird. Black and white X. Yeah, I like the yeah. bird. Um, Good for you. So I've done that. But anyway, you, you'll remember that we've engaged with people all over the world from Twitter X. Uh, and one of them was an analysis called Mick Kerr. Oh, and yeah. He made some great videos, YouTube videos. In, and he's been using some great software. He's taken it next level audio, um, video um, entertainment. So rewinding videos back and zooming and all the rest of it. Anyway, he was in the UK and I got to meet him in person. So that was really cool. Oh, so great. Uh, so he, he came and met me right by work. Uh, and we found out that it's not just regional anesthesia that we have in common. Okay. Do tell. We both share a love of... Please don't say Disney. Idris Elba. Uh, you and half the planet. Yeah, I mean, come on, the guy is too <laughs> cool for school. Right. But we were both we were both watching. There was, a, there was a series on Apple TV called Hijack, which kind of got slated in the reviews. But I was totally feeling it. So we talked about that, and then we talked about Luther. There's another, you know, he's plays yeah. this, this this bad British. I've detectives. seen some Luther. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a new film out on Luther. So we were talking about that. So that was it was it was quite fun to kind of meet him and find out we had more in common than just a love for regional anesthesia. So, so Mick, thank you for coming to check uh, to come and find me. It was great to meet you. That's great. There's some other cool stuff that's happened. I mean, I've got loads of stuff to catch up on. This could be the whole episode. What <laughs> Amit did since the last podcast. So I met up with two very cool guys, John Rubin and Rohan Jotwani. Uh, and, um, and those guys are um, based at um, Wild Cornell in New York City. And I met John at a conference recently and he said, we want to hook up with you guys um, because we've got some great ideas with VR technology. And do you know what? I'm meeting them later on today. They've got some great ideas with VR headsets going into a virtual world, like an anatomical sandbox, and people from all over the world interacting with 3D anatomical models. So watch this space. There's going to be some exciting stuff. It's just like your, it's just like your cadaver thing again, where it's like walking around the room and yeah. sitting down on my couch. It is, but it's, but it's next level. Okay. I mean, okay. before before I got into the, the, this uh, this podcast with you, I was just having a play. So I managed to bring the skeleton from the other side of the room right in front of my face. And then I put my head inside the skull. Wow. I mean, it's nuts. But you can actually teach nerve blocks using this technology. Very cool. So anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to do with that. So that's that's one thing that's exciting. And then two more things to talk about. Number one, I bought a new hot tub. <laughs> That's that's amazing. That's that. Why didn't you lead with that? Uh, because I didn't want to show off, man. But it's kind of been the highlight of my year so far. When you say new hot tub, does that imply there was an old hot tub and you just sort of upgraded? Or well, yeah, that we 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 had one of these permanent inflatable hot tubs. Ah. It was great, and it lasted us for a few years. But it finally packed in, and we were about to. Uh, well, I was about to buy a new one, and and my wife said, "I mean, don't be crazy, don't waste money. Sensible. If you if you love it this much, and you de- and you demonstrated a commitment to to the cause." Why don't you invest the money in something a bit more robust? So we bought a real hot tub, and and yeah, many many hours of fun by myself, uh, and and occasionally the family joined me. But it's great. <laughs> I, I I love that. So you're a hot tub guy. Okay, all right, good yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I listen, I'm totally, I'm totally down with that. Now, the last thing. When you say, you, oh, like, oh, you can't move on from that just so quickly. When you say hours, I mean, are you listening to music, reading a book, Wait, got it, a candle lit? So, are, you, so, so actually, are you doing work? Is your laptop in there with no, you? No, no. So initially, the, the the beauty about this hot tub was it came around sort of peri-COVID. It was a, it was a way of us... Um, removing ourselves from any digital communication and my wife and I actually engaged in conversation and we weren't allowed any uh, any extra media in there. Oh, that's great. So that was good. And it actually became something we do at the end instead of watching TV. Um, but now, and then my kids were not down with it, but actually now uh, they quite enjoy it as well. And it's that's, also, it's like a bit that. of a hobby for me, the upkeep. I get to play with chemicals. This is, this is a very boring hot tub podcast. We're not going to talk any more about this. But listen, I get to play with chemistry, <laughs> chemicals, and I get relaxation. It's a win-win. Win-win-win. Yeah. And the last thing is, you may or may not remember, I told you I was in New York earlier this year. Yeah, I remember that. Guess what, buddy? Uh, oh, God, there, there's a drilling, guys. If you can hear that drilling, that is the next-door neighbor, guys, drilling next door. Hopefully, we'll be able to drown some of that noise out. But anyway, you may not remember, earlier in the year, I went to New York. Guess what, man? I'm headed back there again. Really? Yeah. Wow, you... Yeah. That's amazing. When are you coming? Uh, so we're we're heading sort of end of August. You know, the, the family and I love New York so much. So we're going to head back there. Uh, and this time, hopefully aim to do things that we didn't get done the first time. We did, you know, Statue of Liberty before. But this time we're going to hope to do some some different things. So so that's that's me summed up in about 10 minutes. That's everything I've been up to. How about you, man? What have <laughs> you been up to? Uh, yeah, a lot of the same... A lot of the same stuff. Nothing, nothing too, too crazy. We were um, up in Canada uh, last week visiting family. So got to see my parents and hang out with my brother, Dave, and his family. Uh, so yeah, the kids got to hang out with their cousins and, and had a great time. Spending time with family, man. That's that. That's what it's all about, right? So that was that was cool. Um, and and then you know you've been. I know you've been carrying on with all your other work, your other projects. But have you know, have you had a chance to kind of wind down and chill after all the activity of the last few months? Yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time uh, home with the family, hanging out with Corey and the kids. Uh, read a bunch of books. We got away for Reef's birthday to Bush Gardens, which is a, an amusement park. So lots of high speed roller coaster thrills there. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of quiet family time. Uh, we got our new fellows, so our, our it's always a sad, always a, a bittersweet time in this time of year because we we lose our fellows and uh, who we spent you know uh, a year with, and they've all moved on to to carry the torch, carry the Duke Rap torch somewhere else, and uh, and then you know coming back from vacation this this past week, I've gotten to meet some of the new ones. So uh, it must be amazing, actually. I guess if you think back over the years about the number of people you've trained in regional anesthesia, it's pretty phenomenal, right? And, and you set these people, as you say, you've set them on their journey to move wherever they're going to go um, across the country, across the world. It must be a you know, phenomenal feeling to be able to do. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's the most rewarding part of the job, I think, is to is to be able to yeah teach and mentor and be a sponsor and, and that sort of thing, which we'll talk more about as we get into the the Bruce Scott lecture. Absolutely, absolutely. Dude, I was just going to say, have you noticed, I, I, I tweeted recently, the podcast has had over 17,000 downloads. Can you believe that? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Th- thank you so much to all of you who are listening to this, listening to us talk about hot tubs and uh, other, other stuff. We appreciate it. No, absolutely, we, we're really, we're really grateful. It's yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what it must be like for people all over the world to be listening to these bizarre conversations we have. But you know, we also talk about some some educational stuff, right? Yeah, it, it, we get it in there somehow. 
So speaking of which, what are we? Uh, what's our topic today? Well, you know, we've already mentioned it already. So I what, what do you think about us talking about the highlights of the REUK meeting 2023 that was held in, in, in Newcastle in May for this episode? What do you think about that? Sounds good. Let's get into it. Okay, man. So listen, I was thinking about, you know, it was such a great conference that, you know, the organizers of that conference put on lots of diverse content and there were lots of different speakers. So I thought we'd talk through some of the sessions. One of the bits that I really uh, enjoyed about, about REK was the fact they decided to have these plan A blocks or basic nerve blocks live scanning demos. That's where you'd have a couple of regional anesthesia demonstrators getting up on stage with a model and had camera guys showing their hands and then a live feed from the ultrasound image and you got a chance to pick up some tips and tricks and see live scanning and um, and see how people troubleshooted. So you know that was amazing. So you were up on stage and who who you know who were you scanning with and what were you what were you demonstrating? Uh, I was with Athna Fatengul, and uh, we were. And I agree, this is such a good format. It's it's really really cool to be sitting back and watching the multiple feeds. So you've got the camera showing where the hands, the probe, where the needle would go, and then the of course the ultrasound image, you know, huge up on the screen there. And uh, and just to watch someone go through all the steps and then go back and say, well, what if you got this and what if you got that. Uh, in real time was was amazing. So so yeah, we did the adductor canal um, or femoral triangle block and the popliteal sciatic. Yeah, it was really it was a really cool format, and it was, I loved watching everyone else do it and picking up on their sort of tips and tricks. Well, I think that the thing that's amazing is no matter how experienced you think you are, when you're watching one of your colleagues who does things like you every day, uh, you'll always pick up something new. Um, and yeah, every time I think I've 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 mastered something, I'll watch somebody else uh, do a nerve block, and I'll pick up some other tips and tricks, and that was great. Isn't that amazing? I I, I feel the same way. Like I feel, when I go to a when I teach a workshop that I've taught literally hundreds of times before, I will still pick something up many times from the participants. Yeah, someone will come in who I'm I'm meant to be teaching, and they're like, well, you know, have you thought about doing it this way, or what if what if you had this sort of situation pop up? And I'm like, well, you know what, that's a, that's a good question, or it's a really good point. You know, I, ha- I had exactly the same experience at one of the workshops I was teaching. I was teaching one of the abdominal wall blocks, and somebody said, actually, do you know what? I, I like to do this. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's great. Yeah. Always learning. The other thing that was always learning, and the other thing that was interesting, and that kind of um, that put me a little bit under pressure, They, lined, they we had a couple of lineups, right? Ask the experts where they lined us up on stage, and there were some questions that had been submitted, some by the audience and some by maybe some other faculty members. We had no prep, and they just asked us those questions and put us a timer uh, up, and we had to get our answer out within a fixed period of time. Do you remember <laughs> that? That was that was fun, right? Oh, I, I, it was fun. Uh, Kareem Al-Baghdadli did a, an amazing job as, as the moderator there because he was just, you know, kept it going. All right, Jeff, you've got 60 seconds. Answer this. And eh. Buzzer goes. Next question, and you're like, I try to, try to. Get, uh, I felt like I was on a game show or something, but no, it's good. It's ex- that's exactly what it feels like. Now, I um, I th- the other thing that was that was interesting is uh, they would often ask the same question to panel members and go along the line. And you think, gosh, now it's going to come to me. What do I say that's not the same as that person? So I, 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 I yeah. How do I sound smart after this? After Afma just said exactly. That. Yeah. So I, f- I found that uh, I found that quite uh, quite good fun. Um, now there was another session that was really interesting. There was a whole um, uh, a whole talk on communication skills, and that was delivered by uh, uh, Dr. Barbara Braybart, and she was talking about elements of nonverbal communication and the way you shape and frame conversations 
picking up on things like the nocebo effect. There's some work that was done by um, a couple of people, Alan Cena and Elvira Lang. Do you remember that talk? And do you remember you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that was that was a really engaging present. She's a really good speaker, and um, and I I really enjoyed that. It was neat to hear her thoughts on how you present things like I'm gonna stick a needle in your back now, and and rather than use negative language, just use straight language and allow and I, the thing i took away from that was allow the patient to to take part in the interpretation of what you're about to say so instead of saying because I'm, I'm guilty of this too i'll say like uh are you feeling pain right now are you feeling are you feeling my needle mm-hmm. hurting you i don't actually say that word but rather than say that say yeah. what are you feeling or, or you just neutral language i'm just placing the cannula in the back of your hand yeah um as opposed to one of the best lines i heard uh, anesthetists I worked with before, uh, they're just about to place the cannula, the intravenous cannula, and they went, okay, here goes, ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, uh, and the other thing is, we don't realize a lot of the things we say as a matter of routine. So I was watching what was happening in theater in the, in the anesthetic room the other day, and we had a patient come in, I had a trainee that was putting a cannula in. I had my anesthetic nurse who's putting some monitoring on, and I was uh, was doing the sign in. And the anesthetic nurse said, "We are attacking you from all sides now." And you know, whilst that phrase, that statement, kind of it, it highlights what you're saying. Actually, why would we use such language just before you're putting somebody off to sleep? So it definitely <laughs> made me think about what I say and the way I say it. And instead of saying when you inject the profile okay, this is going to feel really cold or this is going to sting. I've heard other people say things like, it's like Tanya Selleck from uh, from Australia. She says, oh, it's going to feel a bit sparkly up your arm. So using different language. So yeah. <laughs> Sparkly. Oh my God, I love that. I, uh, I'll i often turn it into a um, sort of bartending experience and say like, you're going to feel, we're, we're giving you a cocktail. It's, this Today's cocktail is a spicy margarita. You're going to feel... You know, a little jalapeno going up your arm. But uh, uh, I like spark- sparkly. That's good. I've tried that, though. But but then every now and then you have somebody who says, well, actually, I don't drink or, or I've given up alcohol for Lent or something. <laughs> right, and right, and right. so then I have to go to quickly uh, retract or adapt it. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, and the other thing I've tried, um, I picked up this other tip from uh, from a couple of uh, folks, uh, Hehan Van Geffen and uh, from Kijin Chin just creating a mood or a discussion and you know imagine getting somebody to imagine they're on a beach um and you know you set the scene you get them to imagine certain things and then as you're injecting the profile you say and can you feel the sun on the back of your arm and actually sometimes people totally go with it and they fly and they go oh yes it feels warm on my arm and i can feel it on my face and then boom ga so yeah lots lots <laughs> of interesting things to think about there yeah that was a cool session and, and then there was now there was another session so so james bonus wasn't able to be with us physically there but he actually dialed in uh, and did a virtual talk on artificial intelligence and for those of you who don't know james has actually published I think probably the most papers on on artificial intelligence in regional anesthesia, talking about how we can use it in practice. I was actually, uh, and I know James, but I was still fascinated listening to how these systems work and how we might be able to integrate them into our future anesthetic practice. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, it was fascinating to hear him talk about the process of how they get the computer to be smart about recognizing the anatomic elements and that sort of thing. That was that was really cool. I mean, he went deep into machine learning and what all that <laughs> that helped me way above my head, but very very cool. Uh, and I think that, that it's just a. I mean, we talked about this before. It's a, it's going to be an incredible tool for teaching. Yeah, and I think we're we're kind of highlighting some issues in the UK, certainly where we're maybe not able to 
deliver the amount of training across the board to all of our uh, our trainees in all aspects of regional anesthesia or certainly things that we think are core and that's where having the ability to utilize some of these these new tools um, may be useful whether it be a needle trainer so you can scan a normal friend or a colleague and then pretend to stick a needle into them um, or whether it's just giving you some guidance to help revise the structures I think AI is the future yeah. without a doubt yeah and it's what's going to be really interesting getting just building on that point is seeing how technologies like this are going to allow us to expand regional anesthesia to more resource poor areas so parts of the world that can't get to a workshop well maybe now you don't have to if the structures are there on the screen labeled maybe you don't have to have high quality in-person workshop type instruction yeah 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 for sure for sure and, and sort of talking about um remote parts of the world there was another session that was a uh, a small session it was it was given on the first morning or, the, or rather the second morning this is an equality and diversity session and one thing i can say as being a previous um board member and president of our, of our uk is we've looked at how the dynamic and the shape and format of the board has changed over time and we made a really um, invested and uh, made a keen effort to make sure we are as inclusive as we can be but what was fascinating about this session was to hear people talking about um, their journeys and their experiences through medicine through anesthesia and the difficulties they may have encountered now um, I feel very fortunate in that I haven't directly I, I suspect um, experienced much of that um, many many hinders uh, hindrances to my career I've been very fortunate that being said you know there have been things that we've come that I've come across in my career that maybe weren't ideal or could have been easier or could have been better but actually when you hear hmm. other people and the difficulties they encounter um, and how you know they've got to have decent role models to look for people that look like them people who speak like them it, 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 for me it was fascinating and one of the things they were talking about is a delivery of regional anesthesia in maybe some research uh, resource poor parts of the world so that was um, mm. that was an emotional session yeah I found it um, really really important and it's something we need to be aware of right we need to make sure that we represent all of our community everyone that's involved and that everyone's got a role model or someone to look at and say yeah that person i can relate to i want to be like them it's so important right i think to have to have a a role model that makes you feel okay i can if they can do it i can do it too completely completely so yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be lots more work. I know uh, Alan McFarlane, uh, as president of REK, and the whole board are looking at ways they can improve uh, diversity, equality, representation across the board. And that, you know, there's, there's lots we can do. Now, there was yep. another really cool session. So somebody who I met for the first time on Twitter, uh, she's an allergist called so uh, Sophie Farouk. Now, Sophie did a whole uh, session on local anesthetic allergy. And what I loved about her session was how she presented it like being a detective and how trying to work yeah. out what the um, what the culprit is. You know, local anesthetic allergy is rare, right? Have you ever come across a case of a patient that was allergic to local anesthetic? Well, not, no. I mean, I... I should say not really. I mean, I, we've had patients say, "Oh, I had a a reaction to a local anesthetic injection in a dentist," but you know, a lot of the a lot of those are, are just you know reactions to the epinephrine or the adrenaline in the in the solution and racing heart rate and all that kind of stuff. I have had one or two patients in my career say, "No, no, no, I I do have an allergy to to lidocaine or something like that," and it becomes yeah. a bit of a head scratcher and. Um, I, I agree. Her her session was really cool. It was neat to have, um, and kudos to to the organizing committee for thinking to put an, an allergist on the Absolutely. on the on the schedule. 
to to hear from because it was neat to hear her perspective about you know what do you do when you get a suspected case and how do you do the intradermal testing and all that kind of stuff that was a that was neat. Uh, no, I haven't had a, a local anesthetic case of anaphylaxis in my career. I've never, I've never seen one, or, or nor have I heard of one. Well, you know, I have. Um, I had a patient. Obviously, I can't share the details. I don't want to make them identifiable. But I had a patient who was due to have um, sort of a semi-urgent orthopedic procedure, who presented me with some blood tests, some RAST tests that were done in another country that showed that she had a positive reaction. I can't remember what RAS stands for, radioallergen absorbent something something test. It's one of those allergy tests and blood tests. Do you remember what it stands for? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radioabsorbent <laughs> allergen sensitivity test. Something like that. Anyway. There's absorbent is absorbent is I think there, so, I right? <laughs> that sounds right. So anyway, this yeah. individual had a, had these blood tests that showed that they were allergic to a number of amide local anesthetics. Um and, you know, they never had those uh, anesthetics administered but they're just a blood test i've never no idea why they were done so i thought what do i do here and i tried i got some advice in fact i contacted sophie and um you know she said it would be really risky if i just carried on and did the block there's a whole way i could have excluded them but i didn't have the the way of doing that myself you know and there was no time to get referral to analogist so guess what i did this procedure without any local anesthetic and the patient was okay. What? Really? You know, I, get, I had to use I had to get I had to use a whole host of drugs, but actually they were okay. So you know, <laughs> so, so, sometimes don't tell anybody, but actually sometimes you can manage without local anesthetic. But you know, that will be the only time you hear me say that. Shocker. Okay. You know what's interesting? I, as a as a side note to this allergy thing is, have you guys got this alpha gal allergy in the UK? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry. Say that again. Alpha gal. It sounds it sounds like a cartoon character, a comic book hero. Yeah, yeah. Alpha Gal. No, it's no, no. Uh, it's it it stands for Alpha Galactose something or other. It's it's weird. It is a allergic syndrome that you get by being bitten by a tick, the Lone Star tick. That's common in the eastern and southeastern part of the U.S. And what it does is it provokes an allergy to red meat, to mammalian meat. And so these pa- these patients get bitten by a tick at some point, and then at some point they go and uh, eat a hot dog or a burger or a steak and have an anaphylactic reaction. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the problem is there's an, I mean, that's that's enough of a buzzkill, right? Like you Completely. no longer can can, <laughs> can have. No barbecue. Uh, right. No barbecue, which is a, which is a, big, a big deal where I live. <laughs> But there are a ton of pharmaceuticals that have animal products in it, like gelatin and the capsules, or or even uh, some of the excipients in in the right. in the injectables and that sort of thing. So there's a whole list of things you cannot give these patients. It's interesting. It has come up more and more frequently. Like, what do you do for your alpha gal patient when they show up for procedure X, Y, or? Or Zed. Well, you know what? I haven't, but now that you've told me, I will keep my eye, my eye out and my ear out, and who knows? But thank you for, for giving me the heads up. That's uh, Well, just be glad you don't have these ticks in the UK, it sounds like. Yeah, I think we've got some ticks, but, you know, it probably won't surprise you to know I don't spend much time hanging out in a forest, so I don't expose, or, or in grassy fields, so I don't expose <laughs> myself to these things. Um, now, hot tub, yeah, just the hot, hot tub. tub. Exactly. Um, now, actually, talking about emotional things, there was something that really really struck a chord um REK have had a, a a thing every year where they give an unsung hero award 
and actually um, the recipient from uh, from May 2023 uh, was Dr. M.K. Varma. Now he was an anaesthetist uh, in Newcastle who is essentially fundamental in the development and delivery of regional anaesthesia care and education in Newcastle and he founded their NUSGRA, Newcastle Ultrasound Guided Regional Anaesthesia uh, and the courses they did. Now sadly he died in 2018 but for me it was really emotional to see one of my colleagues John O'Womack um, who was taught by this uh, Dr. Varma, get up on stage and introduce his daughter who came up to receive, yeah. to receive that award. So, you know, it's amazing. That was a really emotional, wasn't it? Emotional presentation. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's. I think we're very lucky to be in a position to be able to um, deliver education, regional anesthesia, but, uh, and, and it's lovely to see potentially the legacy can be left behind so I, I was really touched that was lovely to see him being honored in 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 such a manner uh, and that will certainly yeah. be a memory that i will remember for uh, for a long long time it sounds like he was a, a beloved member of the ra community yeah absolutely absolutely i was just sad that i didn't get a chance to meet him myself yeah in terms of other you know big big deals so every year at ruk you know we have our keynote lecture uh the bruce scott lecture and actually sandy cop delivered that uh that bruce scott lecture at ruk and she covered things um mentorship coaching and leadership so that was a really interesting talk and i love to get an insight into to sandy her path to being where she is now such a massive international name uh, and looking at the people that inspired her yeah that was it, i mean the bruce scott lecture is is something i've looked forward to every time i've gone to the or attended virtually well hold on a minute you you were you were a bruce scott lecturer right yeah i was um back in 2014 i had that tremendous honor you must have been like 25 then yeah 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 i just i just look old <laughs> <laughs> no, Sandy did an amazing job. And what I loved about her take on mentorship was the idea of sponsorship and, and how, because it wasn't a concept I had come across a lot. And the idea that you know, a mentor helps with professional and personal development, but a, a sponsor is someone who pushes people using their, whatever connections they have into positions where they can succeed and accelerates and smooths the track to achieve success. And so I thought it was a fantastic talk. And she, you know, she does an amazing job with every talk she gives. Funny heartwarming you know i actually texted yeah. uh, at the end of that lecture a person who i've had a, i've been fortunate we've talked about this before too but i've had a, i've been fortunate to have a lot of great mentors in my life uh -huh. but there's one there's one that i i hadn't you know uh talked to or reached out to or, or seen in a long time and I, I texted him and said hey i just want to let you know like you played a huge pivotal role in, in who i am today and i just, I just wanted to thank you how lovely. And isn't it lovely that a talk can make you think about that and, and, and make sure you remember to, to thank, thank the people who made a difference? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks, Sandy. That was that was amazing. And there was one, one other session that kind of stuck out to me initially, and that was um, uh, using regional anesthesia in intensive care. So this is something that for my personal institution, I can see that has changed over time. Certainly when I was doing my initial training as an anesthetist, many of the intensivists weren't that big on, on regional anesthesia. If you sent a patient to the ICU with an epidural, in reality, they wouldn't use it. Um, and it would only become an issue at the point when they think about extubating the patient. Well, by that stage, they've turned the patient so many times, the epidural would probably come out. So it was really lovely to hear uh, a few of our friends. We had Justin Kirk-Bailey, Johnny, uh, Johnny Wilkinson, and Ashley Miller, amongst many others, talking about how regional anesthesia could be used in intensive care. So, And I've definitely seen a shift change uh, at our institution where people are asking for regional anesthesia you know sternal fractures after cpr can is there anything you can do to help extubate no i know you've got you've had some some impact with regional anesthesia in icu where you work right yeah a little bit i mean we we i feel like we're doing more 
uh, we're being really aggressive with rib fractures just because of the, mm-hmm. you know, mor- the mortality and morbidity associated with, with multiple rib fractures in the elderly is just so significant. So, uh, we're, we, we try to jump on them with epidurals or paravertebral catheters or intercostal uh-huh. blocks or, or whatever we can use. And, and dare I say it, maybe, maybe an ESP to that feature. <laughs> I have done. Yep, for sure. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to your point. There's a lot more that we can do. I love the idea of blocks for sternal fractures after CPR, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, rectus sheath catheters for example for laparotomy incisions and people that are just struggling to get off the vent yeah yeah hope a hundred percent you know I, th- I think we're going to see more regional anesthesia in icu what will be interesting now is also to see we're, we're training a whole group of pure intensivists now in the uk so they'll do an uh, intensive care path as their primary specialty so they're already good with ultrasound and it'd be interesting to see whether they take up that mantle of being able to deliver region season themselves. So, you know, that's something to, to watch this space. Hey, listen, I thought we'd take a little break from the podcast now. I need to ask you a question. There's another, you, you may have heard that I, I kind of like watching some stuff on TV. There's a show I wanted to ask you about that I was so happy that came back. I want to know whether you watch it. Ted Lasso. Do you watch that? Yeah, yeah, I've watched Ted Lasso. It's, it's, uh, it's a great one. It was a perfect COVID show, right? Because it was just so heartwarming and positive and uplifting we made it through the first two seasons I haven't seen season three yet so don't no spoilers okay no uh, it's worth it it's definitely worth it we watched that just now that came back i'm not going to say anything but it's definitely worth uh worth committing to what's interesting is even inspired there's a there's a there's a podcast called uh, explore the space podcast and they've even created a hashtag med lasso and they talk about lots of the parallels between ted lasso <laughs> and and the medical community and it's incredible to hear people dissect the podcast with a with a medical slant. So um, if you get a chance, check out the uh, Explore the Space uh, podcast. And they, they've got a few Med Lasso episodes. And they literally do dissections of each episode. So it's great. Definitely worthwhile checking out. Cool. I will. And the other thing that was cool, we we, we got to mention, um, at RUK, we had a mug competition winner. We and did. the winner of our mug competition was Jenny Ferry. Yay, Jenny. Uh, so we managed to get, uh, we managed to see her, give it to her in person. We created a small video that we put out on Twitter. That was great. That was, and also we got to meet some of the people that have been following us for a while. So we got to meet uh, Amina Ben Yusuf. We got to see her in person. That was cool. Yeah, that was amazing. And what a, what a cool story. Like she had some travel issues and visa issues and it's the last minute it all came together and she, she managed to pull it out of the bag. It looked like the world was conspiring against her to not let her get here, but she did everything in her power and she managed to get herself there. So that was brilliant. Um, and we've got to see Cass Andrews as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we got to meet lots of people. But listen, I got a couple of jokes for you, man. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. So uh, we've talked about Tanya before, uh, Gone Gas Girl from Twitter or X. Um, why did Tanya Selleck not like regional anesthetics? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because they got on her nerves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're going there. Okay. Now listen, we 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 got some good, we got some good friends, the Soulsbys. Now the younger Soulsby um, is Charlotte. Now Charlotte Soulsby told me a joke the other day, and I had to include it. Okay, kind of fits with some of the discussions we've been having already um, regarding meat. Um, what do you call a cow with no legs? Cow with no legs. Uh, nope. Oh, no. Ground beef. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you Come know on, you, pa- got some, you got something for me? Yeah, yeah. You know, a patient actually uh told, told me this one. I thought I like this one. I chuckled. Um 
little little I had a ten year old kid the other day. Okay. What do clouds wear underneath their shorts? Oh my goodness! Oh, I really want to try and get this. What do clouds wear underneath their shorts? Okay, I don't know. Tell me. Thunder pants. Oh my goodness, that's so good. <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> that's really good. I'm going to remember that. I'm and the kid had the kid had his like great delivery too. Uh, as, okay. I'm, as I'm wheeling him back, I think it was a Medazolam partly, but you know it, he. <laughs> it <was good>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I love that. Um, anything more? We're going to get back into the podcast. You tell me, man. No, let's get back. Let's get back to it. <laughs> for me, go on. I was for me the highlight of RAUK besides just seeing you. Yes, was our pro-con debate dude that was so much fun yeah it was uh i mean i had looked forward to that for for a long time and had had so much fun um so listeners my esteemed opponent amit pawa and i had a debate about the value of nerve stimulation specifically the question was should trainees be taught how to use a nerve stimulator in 2023 and i took the pro side yes they should be and and i took the con yeah yep yep you know, tears were shed. Friends became enemies. Enemies became friends. It was. Let's just settle on. We're <laughs> frenemies, right? That's what we are. But listen, it was it was it was great fun because uh, you know, and I kind of I made a, a point of talking about at the beginning. Ultimately, we want as many patients as possible to benefit from regional anesthesia, that, and that's the key. So whatever it takes, the bottom line is whatever it takes to get it done, that's what should happen. But, you know, it, it makes um, an interesting debate, certainly when I know that we are on different sides of the argument, we've got different feelings about it. That's not to say you may not have convinced me to switch sides. I, I haven't said that officially. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to give anything away, but there were some really quite entertaining highlights. And again, I'm not going to give anything away, um, but all I will say is, I didn't say it. And you'll know what I mean when you see uh, the debate. Mm-hmm. Now, so have you? are we going to do something with this debate? Are we going to put it out on our channels? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, you can find this on our YouTube channel now. Oh, what? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to, if you, if you're, if you have an extra 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes uh, and you want to s- listen to and, and watch the slides, the slide presentations from our, our ProCon debate from RAUK on nerve simulation you can and, and and when you do please go into the comments and vote for who you think won the debate oh my goodness um, he's still trying to get votes this is unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> yeah no listen you're right you're absolutely right it was so much fun. it was fun preparing for it i was a bit nervous um because i was thinking you're such a great speaker anyway and then with Stop. debates and and getting the whole audience on the side i thought how am i going to have a, a chance to win but i tried my best it was good fun no, it was, it was, really good it, was fun. it was it was yeah it was a highlight it was amazing and listen, so um, so 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 viewers and listeners can get hold of that from our YouTube uh, respective YouTube channels. And um, what else did you do on stage? Did you do anything else? Uh, I did a lecture on. I was asked to give a lecture on the place of encapsulated bupivacaine or liposomal bupivacaine uh-huh. in uh, in regional anesthesia, which is obviously yeah, it's a, somewhat of a controversial topic uh, at, at times for for whatever reason. But um, I, you know, we've used it uh, a bunch, and I was able to give sort of my practical perspective on where it works and where it where you have to be a bit careful about it and that sort of thing. I think, you know, I think the biggest one of the problems with this medication is that the data is all over the place, frustratingly. And so, one of the points I was trying to make in that in that short lecture was, uh-huh. in our experience, it is a medication that demands precision so you can be a little bit sloppy on a tap block with regular local anesthetics because they will cross they'll diffuse 
through muscle and through fascial planes and eventually get to, mm-hmm. some of it will get to the nerves. With an encapsulated liposomal product, what we found the hard way is that it stays where you put yeah. it. So if you are one fascial plane away, the liposomes will stay in that, in a plane that is not very effective. Now, once it releases the bipivacaine, the bipivacaine will, of course, diffuse, but the effect site concentration is so low on purpose that that's where we see blocks fail. And, and I've had plenty of blocks fail right. because... You know, we were not absolutely careful about the precise plane. So that was a hard learned lesson that we've learned over years. And, and uh, but it helps me understand why there's a discrepancy in the literature about, you know, and, and we take images and videos of of our blocks to for a couple of different reasons. But, but one of the things that allow, has allowed us to do is go back and say, huh, that block didn't work like I expected it to. And you go back and you look and you're like, oh yeah, okay, that that's why we were, the local was, was just not in the right place. So the key is if you want to use the drug, you've got to perform good regional anesthesia. It's got to be accurate. You've got to put the drug in the right place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's a good rule for, for any yes. any regional anesthetic procedure. <laughs> but, but it, but, but it, it I think the regular local anesthetics are a little bit more forgiving. Gotcha. I've seen, you know, brachial plexus blocks that are a couple millimeters away from, you know, interscaling space, and they still seem to work okay. That's not going to happen with liposomal stuff. Well, I was going to say, it's funny, that's going to that's gonna form part of another podcast that we're going to talk about, yeah, exactly that whole thing. But yeah, no, that, that right. was really... So I missed that lecture, but I'm def- definitely going to watch it on the catch-up, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, there was another thing that I... Um, that I really enjoyed. It kind of cements that whole getting together face to face, you and I, and 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 the fun doing it is. We did a, a scanning demo for the ideal region anesthesia for for knee arthroplasty, and that, that was so much to me, fun. That felt like we were doing a live podcast, right? We were, we yeah. were in person, so that was yeah. that sort of in a, in a, in a way that this is different because we're not in the same place and we're we're having a communication. But that was like. We were doing a live podcast in real time. That was so much fun. And I think there's going to be a plan to release some of that footage at some stage. So that'll be great. And if we find out about that, we'll let you guys know for sure. Yeah, that was cool. We had a little, a little model and we were doing all the 17 blocks that we that we do for knees. And, uh, and we're- Dude, it was 27, man. It was 27 blocks. <laughs> Um, was there was there anything else as we're wrapping up this episode now? Was there anything else that stood out from the from the conference? I mean, there were so many good things. We obviously can't cover everything. Was there anything else that stuck out and and you remember and thinking oh, that was cool? It was nice to see that being talked about. I loved the the, the poker sessions were great too, and and obviously this is that's not a regional anesthesia topic per se, but of course it fits into our skill set so much with ultrasound, and so to to watch. Uh, they did a really, really good job of it, and and so again, it was sort of live scanning. There's a bit of a presentation, and here's how you use Pocus for evaluating an airway, and then they went and scanned somebody's airway live on stage, and so we could you could see, okay, yeah, that's not that hard, and you, I see where that would be valuable. And it was amazing to see you saw lots of different people up on stage. You saw Bridget Poulos, you saw Rosie Hogg, you saw Kareem, Justin, uh, Justin Kirk Bailey, Johnny Wilkinson. There's a whole group of dynamic pocus educators showing us how we could potentially incorporate pocus into our day-to-day practice and definitely inspired me to think you know what i need to do this i need to just understand you've got to find a role and see how it may have a role in your practice but certainly there are some elements perhaps more than others that make sense to me so i think i'm gonna just crack on and get and get learning yeah absolutely and you know i I just i just say as a as a sort of final comment it was just so well organized the selection of the topics the speakers the the pacing of it it was a really really well done meeting it's one of my 
one of my favorites in a long time definitely big congratulations to the organizing committee we are so uh, we're so grateful to have been part of it and to be able to, to contribute in some way to the education but you know what the meeting ended up with a little bit of a surprise do you remember how could i forget yeah, so folks, for 2024, um, REUK is coming to London. Uh, the, the surprise for me, although I did know, was that the Bruce Scott Lecture for 2024 is um, is one of the presenters of this podcast, and it's not Jeff, because he's already done it. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I, I, uh, I, congratulations. I am so excited to, to Thank you hear so what much. you have to say next year. Was London a surprise as well? So um, there was a short list of potential places. So I so I knew uh-huh. just ahead of everybody else. But yeah, so there were a number of places they were looking at. Uh, and London had always been at some stage. It was always going to come back to London at some stage. So the guys were, and I, you know, I had effectively um, was leaving REUK board. This was my last meeting as part of the REUK board in, in May 23. So the, the organizing committee um, for next year, Toby Ashkin and Maria Pass Sebastian, they were kind of, talking about a few ideas with Alan so they settled on London and when they uh, when they decided on London I don't know how the process of voting for Bruce Scott lecturers happened but some process happened behind and uh, uh, and Alan came and delivered the news to me in person so I was very very chuffed so well de- <laughs> chuffed so well deserved man I, I I am I am thrilled for you and thank you so much it was really cool the way they did that I mean we know our ASA and ASRA venue schedule like five six years out I think it was really cool to ha- keep this as sort of a surprise for a lot of the people and say well next year it's going to be in London that's right and the Bruce Scott lecture is I'm a power yeah there was there was a promo video which they did a lot of they great work with that promo video so it was amazing Listen, I feel a whole weight of expectation I, uh, and a lot of pressure because I've got a lot of incredible speakers I'm following after that I need to live up to. But I will try my best. So, folks, please put into your calendars 2nd and 3rd of May 2024, RUK comes to London. Um, dude, that's a wrap on this episode. It was great to catch up with you. Yeah. Uh, it was lovely to see you in, in person. It was great to meet so many of our friends in real life. How do you want to wrap up this episode? I mean, I think we'd have to say thank you so much to all of you for continuing to listen to <laughs> to us. Uh, we really appreciate it, truly. And if you can, uh, would you please rate us wherever you get your pod? That would really help make this podcast available to lots of others who haven't discovered it yet. By now, we think you know where to follow us. But if you don't, if you're on X or Twitter, you can find us at, at blocket underscore hot underscore pod uh-huh our youtube channel where you will find that pro con debate is at block it like it's hot yeah and thanks for leaving the hard one for me yeah if you're on instagram you can follow us at block underscore it underscore like underscore it's underscore hot block it like it's hot with underscores in between the word and don't forget on twitter we've got a hashtag block it like it's hot so please get involved with the conversations online um and, and let us know what you want to talk about we've got some great episodes coming up jeff it's great to be back it's so good to be back in the studio with you man what do you say jeff till the next time we hope they all block it like it's hot, hot.